This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, Tank Girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Mint Mobile. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is September 2nd, 2023. I'm in Berlin for IFA, the trade show, and I'm joined by Nick Gray on the very end of the table. Hi, Nick. How's it going? Thanks for having me back. I'm great. It's like the second time I've had you in like a month. Yeah, it's like almost, I mean, almost two in a row. always almost. do trade shows. And then we have David Ruddock, which have resuscitated from the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, David. <laughs> yes. Good to see you. Good yeah. to see you at IFA, too, which is great. Yeah. Love IFA. Um, so we're at IFA. It's not really a phone show, but there's actually a lot of phone news this week. Not a lot coming from IFA. Some. It's about a 50-50 split. Yeah. So obviously, I want to start with non-IFA things. <laughs> you know, actually, I'm kind of doing chronologically a little bit. Um, Oppo announced a Find N3 Flip flip phone successor to the N2 flip and uh, an improvement all around. And they didn't tell us much, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it's a bit of a rehash of the one that launched earlier this year because the one that launched earlier this year was just launched in February. So it's only been six-ish months since the Find N2 flip has come out. Yeah. So what stands out to me really quickly is a much better camera system, which is kind of amazing because in that thickness, it's kind of amazing that they managed to do that. There's a Sony sensor of some kind. I don't know. I assume it's like one of the same sensors we're seeing on the the Fine N2 because the N2 had a slightly better camera system than the N2 Flip, the book-style folding phone. Um, I think it's a Sony sensor. It looks like it to me, OIS, because the N2 did not have did OIS. Not have OS. I um, doubt there's OIS in there just because of the size of... I'm hearing that it will be in there somehow. Okay. So I mean, that module looks pretty beefy. large. Yeah. Well, it's pretty large, but it's not very deep. I- I'm like, hearing that's... that they they took all of our feedback on the camera and fixed all the things. Yeah. With three lenses, I'm expecting a telephoto. I'm expecting that IMX, either the eight, probably the 890, that's the follow-up to 766. That makes sense. The same size sensor, just mm-hmm. improved, and then OIS, and then a tele of some kind. That's yeah. that's what I'm seeing. And that's the thing. It, it is the first flip-style smartphone with a telephoto lens. Yeah, assuming that lens yeah. is a telephoto lens. Yeah. I mean, how much? I mean, data... based, based off of the rumors, it was. Yeah. How much detail did they give us, though? Like, it, it was one of those things where it's in passing. Hey, we launched a phone. And... I know they didn't give us anything. Yeah. Like and... the literally the PR folder they shared with me is like two JPEGs. Of like the phones looking pretty. I I think it's one of those things where the phone's not really retail ready yet. And why announce it now? Well, it's right around a trade show. There's a lot of news going around. They wanted to be part of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, even though they're not here at the trade show, it was launched what two days before. Yeah. Kicked off. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's I do think Oppo is probably one of the most solid players in the foldable smartphone space. Like 100%. everybody likes the, uh, the find and to fold. Um, and the, their flip style that launched earlier this year was a great phone. Cameras were a little lacking, but as far as the overall phone experience, it's a good experience and the performance is good. It's uh, the MediaTek 90. So we do have, okay. We do have some specs. So that's why I, in my mind, I kind of remember 
like this, I said Sony because I read this GSM Arena article I'll put in the show notes. Um, so it's a um, 48 megapixel ultra wide, which is interesting. So they actually have a better, not only is the, there's a telephoto, but they've gone up on the ultra wide. I don't think there's any falling phone with that ultra wide that big at all. Uh, not I, even I, flip folding. Yeah, know. usually they're about a 12 megapixel. And usually for the main sensors, we've seen a lot of devices with a 12 megapixel main okay, sensor. Okay, so the well. 32 megapixel, the, the, the third camera is, an op, is a portrait. So traditionally, the portrait lenses on Oppo phones have been non OIS 50 millimeter like, or, or 35 millimeter, like some sort of kind of like portrait optimized 2X sensor. That's and no um, telephoto then. So it is possibly so it's usable. A, it, it's a, a 2X telephoto. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 2X portrait. Is that a telephoto even anymore? Well, yeah. right? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Uh, oh, look, and this one, it does have OIS. It says that right here. 50 megapixel unit at one point aperture OIS. But uh, the display, the design, everything looks pretty much the same. It's the same as the previous generation, which isn't a bad thing. Like it has no, a I larger larger cover display on the outside. But look it's at this. not it's not as big as the cover displays that we've gotten recently from Motorola or Samsung. It does look but, very tiny. For the um, cover display. For the cover display. Yeah. Well, compared to what everybody was doing last year, this was like triple the size of what everyone was doing last yeah, year. Yeah, it's 3.2. So it's still smaller Z5 than. 5 is 3.4. So yeah. But okay. from. I, I None of us have used it, but from the images, they're showing that the functionality of the cover display has it's been greatly now, improved yeah. over Do what they Do you see it here in the, in the image here? There's a bunch of Chinese apps. Yeah. So previously they had I about... I love Chinese apps. They're they my had, favorite. <laughs> they had like six or seven little widgets you could have on the home screen, like a weather widget, a contact widget, and a couple other things. And now they, they're showing like 20 different things that you can do with it. And I imagine even more than that. But you know, when it came out there, the two, the N2 flip, I thought to myself, the aspect ratio on this screen is perfect it's for running apps. Yeah. Yet they didn't run apps. They only had widgets. I'm like, what? Total loss opportunity. I think they heard our feedback on that because they- Well, they heard it. our feedback, but at the time, nobody was doing apps. And then Motorola came out and said, you can run any app you want yeah, on the cover display. And everyone else said, <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do that too. And I, I think Motorola kind of- pushed the conversation forward where no one else was thinking about that before. Because as we know, Samsung's version of it is still a little bit janky. Not yeah, it's mostly because you have to like flip so many switches to get to it. But Samsung, I think that's because- it's like they have safety toggles. Right. You know, like behind covers with red buttons, do not press. Like but that that's happening because they were act they were probably not planning on it until a month and a half earlier, Motorola said, hey, we can do full apps. And then Samsung was probably like, uh crap we need to do that too <laughs> and it was like retrofitted through the back I think end you're 100 percent right yeah they they were not planning on doing it no. and then motorola did it and they're like we have to do this to compete yeah mm. but this is exciting to me because i really like the, the n2 flip mm -hmm. despite the you know honestly i do like the z flip fives widget experience. I think it's the best I've seen on a flip phone yet. I like the Moto's app experience on the front screen where you can literally unlock the phone from the front screen, start working on the front screen. You don't actually have to open that phone. You can use it all day on the front screen and even turn it off on the front screen. It's it's like the whole package, whereas Z Flip doesn't do that. You have to open it from time to time to unlock and stuff. The only downside to all of this, right now it's only been announced for China. It's only China. China and only for roughly 999-ish. Yeah, and you uh, said Dimensity 9200, yeah. Yeah, the right 9200. 
So while the find and two flip you can buy in Europe, this one you cannot. Maybe they're going to have an, a European launch in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, they might be a little bit behind the curve on that. But for the find and two flip, that was the global launch. They only had one launch event and they did all of it, did all of it. So it's questionable if this is actually going to come to other markets. A couple of noticeable things here to me is that the battery is the same the same speed, speed of charging, which is the fastest on a flip phone so far, 44 watts. So none of that changed, 4,300 million power. I recently ran benchmarks on all the flip phones that I had just to see what battery life was like, because, you know, I, I write for Hot Hardware. We have a database of benchmarks and we realized we didn't have a lot of data on the Chinese phones. So I was like, I'm going to run them. And overwhelmingly, the N2 Flip beat the Razer and the Flip 5. It's the overwhelmingly. Me the MediaTek chipset. And the larger battery, yeah. too. But the MediaTek chipset is so much more power efficient than the Qualcomm. So I expect this to even be better because 9200 is even more mm -hmm. efficient chipset. And did you notice, this is the last thing I want to bring up before we go to the next topic, alert slider a la OnePlus mm -hmm. right there. Ooh. I love a slider. I love me a slider. I love me a slider. Except well, I like I, a toggle better, I think. I never use it. Yeah. I always My phone's always in do not disturb. <laughs> That's true. Right. Out, like I, I turn it on and it stays on forever. Yeah. Check out the chunkiness on this camera bump, though. It is. Uh, they should talk Ooh. to a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> like you must be see a doctor to have that removed. <laughs> no, I don't want them to remove it. You know, I'm wondering. Did you notice there's like a knurling on the ring around the camera? Yeah. I'm hoping you can do some sort of adjustments no, with it. Oh, that would be lovely. Oh my and absolutely God. Wouldn't that never be amazing? <laughs> that would be, but it's not going to be. Oh, come on. Well, but like we saw the camera, you put the, the camera module, on there. we see the camera module on the Oppo Find X6 Pro and it has like the grooves around oh, it. it does have the grooves. And it you're like, oh, matter. this looks like I, it's a manual adjustable lens and everything. You're like, no, it's not. It looks really good, but no, it doesn't do anything functional. All right. So anyway, look, I'm excited about this phone because I really like the N2 Flip. And even though it doesn't have the biggest cover display, I'm a camera nerd and I'd rather have those cameras than anything else. The flip phones right now have crap cameras, all of them, comparatively mm. to flagships. And, mm. you know, I was talking to someone at Oppo recently, unrelated to this phone, and they were telling me that their goal with their falling phones going forward is going to be to match the experience of a bar phone. They want no compromise. They just want you to be able to fold it open. The the issue I see there, though, you don't have the Z-depth, so you cannot do that. But that's why it's a challenge. That's why hopefully this but is like, the first to prove like, us wrong. But you still don't have the Z-depth. It's still not going to have the same size. No, it doesn't look. have an IMX 989. You're, you're, you're not going to have a one-inch sensor no, in that phone. But honestly, so. this sensor, if it's the 890, which I think it is, that's a fucking good sensor, man. That's, that's OnePlus 11. That's, you know, Oppo Find N3 or N2, whatever the, the, the yeah. book one. Like, that's fine. They're, well, it's fine, but it's not the best. No. It's fine, but it, it's still, like, upper, but not the high. It's not what you're getting out of the high-end Xiaomi. Uh, the high fact that they got OIS on this, and probably the sensor, is a huge upgrade from last year. And still Hasselblad. Although, did you notice they didn't mention anything about Marisol Connects? Yeah, because they didn't want to spend the money to put another chip inside. I don't think there's a Marisol Connect. So probably the ISP from the Dimensity is doing from all the, the doing heavy all lifting, it. right? Well, the Marisol Connect was mainly for low light anyways. Yeah, so. but it did amazing results in low light video. Hmm. Like if you ever get your hands on a Marisol Connect equipped chip uh, phone, the video on those phones at night, nothing can touch it. Not even an iPhone. It's unbelievably good. 
Like the first time I used it, I was like, am I in a different parallel universe here? What the hell is going on? Remember MWC with the Fine X5 Pro 2022? Yeah. And I'm shooting out the window of a taxi cab at night and zero drop frames, perfect smooth motion, no noise. Interesting. Everything, good contrast, no like super bright lights on the neons and the, the, the shop lights going through. I was like, what the, wow. But it's the only place where I thought it was really significant. Hmm. So I guess we're losing that. Yeah. Anyhow. Always a compromise. Speaking of cameras, we have an Xperia 5 Mark V. A 5.5. Five. Well, it's funny because I was talking to TK, I think, on the show like a couple well, of weeks ago. Wasn't it a V, though? I, because the V name has been used in the past with Xperia, right? They have. Yeah, okay, if you want. But I, I think, like, you know, if it's gone one, two, three, Mark one, two, three, four. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's so five. We, like, we've, it's the fifth iteration. I yeah. see. Yeah, it's, but it's a but five yeah, they, five. it's a 5V, which is a 5.5. Five. Right. This is the phone. It's a 5.5. Five. Really? Like... So, so the naming know, conventions here, Sony. TK and I were talking the other day about this on the show. I think, in fact, about how where is the Xperia Five this year? Like usually, they announce them close to each other, the one and the five. We've had the one for a while. I have one. Yeah. And and the and this great phone is the same as usual. It's like everything in the kitchen sink, overpriced, but all that Sony goodness. And they finally have some computational photography on the One Mark V, which is like, oh, you're catching up with the world. Amazing, you don't have to do everything as an alpha camera anymore. But the 5.5 five is weird because it does not have a telephoto. They dropped the telephoto. They dropped. I was going to say the... <sighs> oh, then it's supposed to be the more compact model. Yeah, it was basically just a compact version it's before. The, right, so I guess that would imply to me that there would be a later model coming that would probably have a telephoto. The 5 Pro. We're going to get the, the 5, five Pro. Right, maybe. The 5.5 no, five five Pro. So the, the, the press here, like the, the blurb, the, 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 you know, the propaganda says that basically they didn't need a telephoto <laughs> because, because the main do- sensor is so, so high end so now. You can do a 2x. So you can do a lossless 2x like on the iPhone. But a lossless 2x is not, not a same. lossless 3x tele or variable telescope. Periscope Vari- variable. Periscope. That's yeah. the one with the optical variable I was telling you about. There. Mm. So like uh, a the true one Mark zoom. Five, not the five Mark Five. The the bigger one. Yeah. On so true zoom, and we don't have that. I, I would say this is kind of a slap in the face for anyone. This who, is disappointing. Who wants a compact version of the big one well who is who's sony really selling this to because nobody I've, nobody yeah, let's be sounds clear like japanese market no uh, no they, they it's europe right now only it's europe but like 9.99 euros well i'm sure it's going to be released in japan <laughs> oh yes course. yes right. japan and the u.s japan only buys iphones but let's be clear apparently pixels. No, and pixels. Pixels. oh yeah and they pixels. love pixels too. Yeah. <laughs> um no this phone is selling to absolutely nobody just like the, the ones are they their sales numbers are minuscule, but because they only have two phones and they don't sell them at discounted rates, they actually still make a profit off of their phone business. And they kind of use it as a test bed for camera technology that other companies buy from them to put in their phones. And so, right, like it's one of those things where they don't need to sell phones as long as they sell a half a million units, they're going to be fine because they don't market them. They don't spend any money. They don't have budget for anything. And so they're not spending money. But still, give us something that 
we would aspire to want this to This is a little disappointing, but the reality is still the rest of it is really great. Like it's got all the things we've always wanted from all the Xperia phones that mm -hmm. they always had, headphone jack, wireless charging, big battery, 5,000 milliamp hour, and a small compact 6.1 inch display phone, OLED, high refresh rate, like super crazy, everything is awesome. Snapdragon 8 Gen 2, lots of RAM and storage, micro SD, like, but you know what's, this year the question is without that third lens, to me the question becomes, do you buy this or Zenfone 10? Because the Zenfone 10 is the other compact phone that has everything, wireless charging, headphone jack, good OLED, mm. good camera, big battery. Uh, and the Zenfone 10 is $300 cheaper. Exactly. So this is way overpriced for what it is. If but it the had, Sony's, you never look at the price. You don't look at the price, but people look at prices. Let's, let's be clear. Like, <laughs> I, I, would, I would totally buy the Zenfone over this device. 100%. It just, it seems like I, probably I, Sony is specifically knows they have a target market. They know reasonably who's going to buy this. And most of these people are probably not very informed consumers. No. Probably people who love Sony as a brand, fanboys, yeah. which Sony fanboys do still exist. I've they heard. do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but look, the reality is, other than the dropping of the telephone, which I think is very disappointing because that was a differentiator with the Asus in the past, right? For this form factor, which is the only two small Android phones that are any good. Um, Pixel 7, not the Pro. Pixel 7 doesn't have a telephoto, though. It, but that, it's in the yeah, same you're category. Right, you're right. And the Pixel right. 7, 600 bucks. Yeah, but Tensor. <laughs> yeah, but Tensor, but like, if, if you are willing I to I say as I'm holding a Pixel phone With a Tensor. Most people aren't going to notice. Same, same. Like, um, no, I agree. Oh, you're right. You make a good point. Or let's let's be more. Or even a Pixel Six, Pixel Seven A, even. Yeah. And because the Seven A is a brutally good phone, mm -hmm. like in its price category. Like I honestly think that right now, if I had no access to any phones, my entire phone stash burnt, I was no longer a journalist and couldn't get anything, I would buy go a buy out a 7A. Absolutely. Like it does everything. It has wireless charging. It does everything. Well, right. just, just buy the 7 because it's discounted to the same price as the 7A. True. Then I can get a slightly <laughs> bigger main sensor. Yeah. Right. Um, no, it's one of those things. But like at least Sony is still worried about design and stuff. Like their phones haven't iterated that much in far, as far as from one generation to another, they're trying a new design. They keep iterating on this kind of pseudo-industrial look. And I personally I like, like it a lot. Yeah. And also, the green version of this phone, is I hot. totally want. Yeah, you're I totally want. Check it out. Folks. Love a green phone. Yeah. Like, the blue is nice, too. But the, oh, the green, I, I, I totally want that green. Green or whatever that Where's gray? the green? It's like a mint That's green. A, it's a mint, right? Yeah, it's like a... I don't know if I'd call that green. It's it's like a grayish Maybe I'm green. Blind. No, it's it's kind of grayish to it, me. Yeah, it looks gray. That looks like a silver phone. Yeah, maybe it's just a white. I like the blue. Issue. The blue is nice. The blue is good. But look, the reality is this phone exists, and some people really love the twenty-one to nine aspect ratio. And every time I use, oh, they're an still doing that. Oh yeah. Huh. Also, they still have front-facing speakers and bezels, top and bottom. No, no hole punches. Yes, wow. No hole punches. No bullshit. You know, nice stuff. HTC's got to sue them. They're like, you're you're using boom sound. We stopped using that years ago. <laughs> but look, I love that Sony exists in the mobile space, subsidized primarily by everything else, and that they haven't <laughs> thrown in the towel like HTC or LG. Uh, LG. Or well, whatever. I was going to say, I I wish LG would simply do what Sony is doing. Hundred percent. Not give, not care about capturing huge chunks of market share, but say. Hey, we have two phones that are good. Two phones a year. And 
We're a not spending the marketing budget weird to push factor. them, but this, as a brand, these are our aspirational devices. Halo. If we make a yeah. phone, these it's are the, the things Audi that we R8 want to make. the Audi R8 in the Volkswagen group yeah. of, of phones. They're not going to sell. No. But if you are going to make a phone, make a good one. Yeah. Don't. And it's like they're flashy in the way that, like, especially the one series for Sony, they threw everything in and the kitchen sink at it. Like, it's got everything that you want except for the price point because it's stupid, crazy expensive. But it's because they have everything. Make that phone, sell it at a profit, and you'll be fine. But give us something instead of retreating from the market completely. But does LG have any brand cachet to work with? I mean, Sony does. That Sony is... does, but like LG could, like they made some good They make phones. some really good appliances that people love. Yeah, I don't think people yeah, but, buy them as like okay. a, I love my LG things. I think it's more like, totally oh, fair. you go to Wirecutter and like LG makes the best washing machine, go buy the washing machine. Totally yeah. fair. Sony has that, Sony's always been an aspirational brand. Yeah. Like there's a fan base behind the brand itself. Like, going back to Sony TVs way back in the day or the yeah, original Walkman or, you know, things like that. LG never. LG is missing that. Yeah. They LG really is are. like, Oh, we undercut Samsung. by. I, th I think the problem like, with they're LG. They're the undercut brand a little bit. They're still good, but they're like, we just want to be a little bit cheaper than Samsung. The problem yeah. with LG, I think is that they, they should, if, if they were still making phones today and they were now going to a two phone flagship model a year, I think that would fly because they would still be in the mind in the mind's eye of the public somewhat, right? But the fact that they stopped for a while, if no, it's done. never it's done. Like it's they done. can never do it again. I think the closest they ever got to having brand recognition was the, the V series. Yeah, you the did V's have series. some people yeah. that that really enjoyed that phone. Yeah. And I thought the you know the original one it was mm. brutally ugly in its way, but it was different. It yeah. looked like its own thing. Like HTC could have done that instead of like going the other route of licensing its name and having other people build phones for them that are sure. getting rid of buttons. <laughs> no, but like get the getting rid of, but that was still HCC, but now yeah. they're, they're still doing desire phones. Yeah. I know and that are sure. like India only for 150 bucks. I'm like, why are you even doing that? Like give us an eight, like give us an HTC one with all the bells and whistles and like no marketing, whatever kind of the same thing as Sony, right? Yeah. Like just give us an aspirational device and yeah. call it a day. I think niche products for a very small subset like my audience is a thing. And I think that I'm not saying it's profitable, but if you're either making other things, like HTC's making VR stuff, like Sony's making TVs and fucking everything else, and like, you know, LG's making every appliance under the sun, I think when you consider all of that, I think that they should consider making these niche phones because people don't all want an iPhone or a Samsung phone. And they don't want to, like, they don't want a Pixel even. They want something different. Yeah, but I think phones. Like, that's why nothing exists. I, I think what it speaks <laughs> you know? to is the fact that, you know, when you look at HTC and LG, you know, things became so commoditized, it became very difficult to differentiate your product in a meaningful way. Because they didn't try. Well, and I don't... No, HTC tried. They did. And LG tried to. Like, the wing. LG, LG tried the a thousand wing. different The things. original Optimus G, or the, uh, excuse me, oh, the Oh, there are G, so many Gs. The G and Friends. Remember the modules? Oh, the I mean, G5. they did all... They, yeah. LG actually tried, like, a some lot. stuff that you look back and you're like, that was insane. That yeah. was crazy. Why did you yeah. even do that? My favorite of the G series... I think because at the time it was such a pivot, such a game changer was a G6 when they went 18 by nine or whatever, the two square apps side by side. Mm -hmm. Like they're the ones who initiated the form factor that we all love today. This wide, wider than 69 form well, factor. Well, I mean, if you want to go way back, 
Optimus Vu. Uh, yes, of course. Yeah, the, the passport, whatever. The, yeah. Basically the predecessor to this. Right. Way, yes. right? Um, but look, I think LG, I would love to see LG do like a rollable or a foldable every year. That's like completely crazy. And like a really nice flagship, like the Sony Well, Xperia I mean, they thing. showed off their rollable concept. And like, they didn't right, ship it. Right it wasn't even a concept. They made, yeah, they made them. Right before they said, okay, now we're shutting down our phone division. They're like, this is the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. You we're can't done. have it. We're done. You can't have it. Did they even manufacture the they panel did. for that? Okay. They did everything. They made a, I think they made a round of 10000 or something. And okay. I give them to them, please. It's, I remember, I don't you know recall exactly, but I always, I feel like I heard that LG's flexible display business was not in a good place. Could be. But I'm still waiting for them to have their to flexible TV, their rollable right. TV that to come down from like, to twenty thousand dollars, yeah. <laughs> like make a ten thousand dollar one. I'll buy I, it. I'm waiting for uh, these rolling phones to appear on eBay. I'm sure you can find someone's got to have a connection at LG that can say they can get, oh, get me give me this not phone. LG. No, it's not. Anyway, um, my point is that I would love to see. I, I think there's a need. There's a there's a market for what Sony's doing. It's tiny, and but every time I use an Xperia phone, I'm delighted. Everything is really good. And the cameras, if you know how to take photos like you do with your Fuji cameras, it's actually a great experience. Are you going to mash a button and get the best photos every time? No. That's why you have a Pixel or an iPhone. The idea of shooting manual on a phone makes me me want to kill somebody. It's (laughs) awful in every way. I agree. I do not ever want to adjust knobs and dials on my phone. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe if Sony went crazy and added like rotating wheels on the edge of the phone for various things, what if? Yeah. No. Well, there goes your waterproof phone, almost certainly. They could make it happen. Or okay. Sony. For like $2,500, maybe. Whatever. Not, anyway. I mean, it's already seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, we're not that far. Well, we'll the, add the, another five hundred dollars. This is a thousand euros, but the the one Mark Five is seventeen hundred US. I believe it. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Sony, folks. So, you know, just weird decision, this telephoto, though, right, Nick? Yeah. Like, that's a bit strange. Anyway. Okay, so now we have... Let's now not talk about IFA. <laughs> okay, we have a lot to unload here. I'm looking at the time. We've been on this for 25 minutes. I'm giving us 15 generous minutes to unload on Honor. Because OMG. There's so, a lot to unpack here. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. So uh, here's the, the news as a factual thing. The Honor Magic V2, the thinnest folding phone in the world, which is a book-style folding phone, which is really amazing, which has come out in China a few weeks ago, is going to be available globally. It's not out. It's going to be available globally. We don't know the price. I hear my little finger tells me Q1. Mm. This is far away. This is a Sony move, which is really weird. And apparently it's to perfect the software experience insofar as the folding software experience, like to kind of try to come close to what Samsung delivers. Mm. To be clear, they've had multiple folding phones already. Yes. Right. And their software has been very basic for a folding device. Yeah, kind of like Pixel. So it works, but it not, not even kind of Not like even Pixel. that good? No, like you can do apps side by side, but that's like the extent of the experience. Right, there's like, nothing. There's no third app. There's no... Yeah, yeah. A, there's not a Samsung experience. That's what I'm saying. And like even Oppo has a slightly so better experience. So it's not bad. It's just very basic. Right. I think this is the iPhone person in me that I have become, but I just don't <laughs> give <laughs> a sh- 
about doing anything on a phone that is not displaying an app. And so two apps side by side, I don't know what more you really want. Well, that's how I feel. But look, this I'm just hearing rumors that the reason it's quarter one, which is crazy, because at that yeah. point, it's going to start feeling old, right? Um, is that they're really wanting to abolish the software yeah. experience. Well, so and it's not necessarily more than app side by side. It's the experience of like, if I'm using an app on the outside screen, I when I open it, the yeah, phone, what, what is the user so experience? Right now, different experiences happen on different folding phones. So that, yeah. Or if I'm Google Maps it, it, in here right now yeah. and I close it, does it continue on the front? Okay. Some phones do that. That sounds like a Google don't. problem. No. It sounds it, like a Google problem. It, it, it yeah. does. Well, so it is a Google problem. It is a Google problem, but like Motorola has shown with their flip phone that they've completely thought it through. Yeah, they uh, thought, and it's really good. Like, so if you're using an app on the inside and you flip the phone closed, it pops up for a second saying, "Do you want to continue the app?" Or so you're like, "Yes," and then it pops up there where the other ones haven't. So, like, so when, yeah, when Google figures this out in a year, yeah, then everyone need a year. Like five, whenever they, 20 years, five years, sure, 20 years. whatever. <laughs> I mean, just, it, to me, this is ridiculous. This is still happening on Android that like manufacturers are having to like connect the dots no. where Google won't. But it shouldn't be rich because you, because you remember when you worked on, when you worked as a journalist, that that's exactly what was happening all the time with Android. I don't remember anything. <laughs> he's, 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 out. he's like, I have no recollection. You blocked it out. <laughs> well, you, you just recall a whole bunch of LG phones. You haven't blocked it all out. What was I talking about? <laughs> right. Remember anyway, he said he's now an iPhone user. Yeah, I know. That's kind of true. I've seen like yeah, look at Apple Watch. I, I do. Apple I Watch, iPhone. iPad. So I want to know when AirPods. that. I don't like my iPad very much, but I and do have Mac, one. I do have a Mac. Mac. Yeah, I do have Mac. Look at that. How, how quick was the transition from Android to let's ditch it all, I'm going Apple? I had already started. You had already started. <laughs> That's right. You started. You bought an iPhone just before you left. Right? I well, I bought the Apple Watch again because I had tried one a couple years before and I loved it that much. And when I got another Apple Watch again You're with like, the iPhone, oh, I was like, you know, I like good I like wearables that are okay. They work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. talk forever about iPhone crap. Yeah, honor really. Uh, so, 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 yeah. But before we continue, I just want to kind of give the chapters of the opposite. So, there's a yeah. V2, yeah. which is global now, which is strangely not launching right away. Which is I don't understand this. Secondly, there is the V purse, which we can totally have a rant about. And then there is the the presentation related to that that was also rant worthy. And so I, I, you know, let's continue. Like, yeah. So as far as the phone goes, the hardware looks. The V2 Amazing. is incredible. It so does. It looks thin, crazy. The thinnest smartphone 9.9 millimeter shut. Foldable phone. 4.7 open. Barely big enough for the USB-C port. And so what they're saying is when it's unfolded, it's the world's thinnest smartphone. It is. Yeah. And which is, as you were saying, barely big Two enough for the USB-C port. millimeter thin battery. Yeah, the battery thing. The battery that, that is that insane. Me away. Put, if you stack two credit cards, the ones that don't have the embossed numbers on them, that's the thickness of the battery. Wow. And there's two of them, and they add up. This is crazy. This 5, is the 000. highest we've seen on any folding phone. 5,000 million. I wonder what those batteries cost. They've got to be very sandy. Silicon carbon, right? They the, said? Yeah, so it's silicon carbon, which means they're more power dense yeah, it's than basically regular the latest batteries. in tech. Yeah, so it's yeah. silicon carbon is technically considered a semi solid state battery, Correct. I believe. So it's like we're not all the way. We've talked about solid state batteries and how I feel like. That's going to be the next generation 100%. of changing smartphones and portable Cars and technologies. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, everything, for sure. And it's one of those things where it's like, but there's this middle ground right now with these chemistries that are slightly different, but can add 15 to 20% capacity 
then they're not going all the way solid state. And I love that because you can get a phone that is smaller, has a smaller footprint, but a larger battery capacity, which is amazing. I know these. this isn't the Battery University podcast, but are there any trade-offs <laughs> with these? Uh, it's a website, it's a great website. Um, <laughs> are there any trade-offs with these semi-solid states, really? Oh, so right now, right now, so cost is the main trade-off because it's a newer technology. Right. Um, and right now, they're saying in the labs, as far as like charge cycles go, they uh, should get okay. they should get the same, but it's still a new technology, right. so it's still unproven. But the, uh, technically, the solid state batteries and the semi solid state batteries should get more charge cycles okay. than what we've had with traditional lithium ion. Mm -hmm. So the technology is better; it's just new, so it's more expensive. And so we're going to get to the point where we're going to see this roll out to smartwatches and earbuds. Yeah. And so, like, imagine your smartwatch lasts two to three days now. What if it got six days? Yeah. With the same footprint, but just a more power dense within that same footprint, which so, is going to be amazing. Yeah. So I wear an Apple Watch that goes to a day to a day and a half. A day and a half, right? <laughs> here's some thoughts, uh, spec wise. Uh, so. OLEDs at 120 hertz all around. They can do something like 4,000 hertz both with modulated dimming. Modula which so, is great. I love that. It's amazing. Especially when you're filming a phone. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're not seeing that band go <laughs> down. <laughs> for my, you know, but like, it's but it's it's for eye strain. Yeah, it's I don't know. Amazing. I would have to read some of the science around that. Yeah. It no, seems no, questionable. No, no, I thought it was questionable until I met people like Nick Sutrich, who are absolutely sensitive to it. And they, they immediately see the difference. And Interesting. It takes, it takes away the migraines they get hmm. in low light. Like, because they have to dim the display. So they have to display that, that 240 hertz that the iPhone is using or 40 hertz is not, oh, yeah. is not it, enough. It bugs people's so eyes. It's, it's some people are super sensitive. It's like, you know, cilantro. Hmm. Like you, it's, it seems to be genetic, basically. So it's a real thing. The industry's kind of looked the other way because OLED is so much nicer. Yeah. But it's a reality. And for a lot of people, it's a deal breaker. And they've um, been, to be fair, they've been doing this for about yeah. two years now. They've been doing it for a long time yeah. now. They're the first to really do it. Okay. So here's the display. HN2, lots of RAM and storage, Android 13. The cameras are interesting too, because they're not making compromises. Again, you're getting, you're getting a, a, a main sensor with OIS. You're getting a telephoto. That's a 2.5 optical. But with yeah. OIS, um, so they're well, not again. They don't have the Z depth to go. To they're three, not messing right. about. Um, and sixty-six watt charging, no wireless, of course, thickness. But sixty-six watts is that's fast. Good for a foldable. I mean, that's, that's good for anything. Yeah. I, I think that you know, once you're once you're above fifty for a phone. Well, when Xiaomi starts throwing in two hundred watt charging into their devices, <laughs> sure. But at that point, to me, that's like what what is the actual your your benefit as user is marginal at that point. No, it it charges the phone zero to a hundred in like thirty two minutes. Absolutely, versus, versus an hour. Absolutely, yeah. but the use like advantage for the average yeah. person there is like yeah, whatever. It's minor, yeah. But, to be fair, I I would, took a shower the other day. I plugged in the phone and it was like completely dead. And when I got out of the shower, it was 100% full versus the, my Pixel was like on the charger at the same time. It was like, it was like 18% charge. Sure, I'm like, that's come like on, Google. Tesla Plaid to like a base level golf. Right? <laughs> like, Google, you can do better than this. So what's interesting is I had the, with the Realme um, GT3, the first 240 watt phone. 240, yeah. Like it's nine minutes, like from empty, like 100%. It's crazy. You take a shower, your shower is probably longer by the time you dry. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, this phone is cool. We've we've all been covering it for weeks now because it came out in China and it impressed us. I can't wait to get a review unit. I can't wait to try it out, especially once they do the software optimizations. I'm just surprised they haven't given us pricing and a date. And it seems like they're just it's a ticking time bomb because somebody else could come along and like Xiaomi has already made a phone that's close to this thing. With that was a, announced what, a week like, ago. Yeah, the Mi 
No, Mi Mix, Mix Fold 3. Mix, Mix Fold, Fold 3. 3. And that's slightly Close. thicker. It's like just half a millimeter or yeah. something thicker. Like, um, And, then, and I think know, both of them have the same issue with the software. Like yes. it's very basic yes. for the foldable experience. Yes. Uh, but I, it looks like Xiaomi is like, well, right now the Xiaomi is China only. Yeah. It's not global. But I, I think they're content with this, the user experience that it offers. And, you know, if it's China well, only and no the, one's complaining. The person I was talking to that was telling me about why they think they're delaying the thing is that in China, the, the it's much faster to work with the app manufacturers, you know, software developers, developers to, to optimize the apps for, for folding phones. Sure. Because they, you know, they can just kind of impose their thing and just they do it, right? Like, it's not like, whereas here it's like, eh, you know. That's such a niche product right now that well, there's I mean, not a lot of traction to develop. When you think right? Instagram still isn't optimized, doesn't for, exist on for iPad yet. I know. For tab, like I know. even for iPads, that there's hundred million of them, and Instagram says screw you to to the iPad. So yeah. the the next question is: This is a great phone. We're all looking forward to it, um, and it's nice to see Honor really making a a product that is like bleeding edge. Like in the past, like all the products up to now have been kind of trying to compete with the rest of the world, like making a flagship that competes with the S series from Samsung and the iPhone 14 or whatever, the flagship iPhone of the time, making a product that competes with Google, etc. Like their camera phones are really strong, but they're not as strong as Huawei used to be back in the day or, or like Google is today, you know what I'm saying? Like they're close. But this is the first time we see them come out of the like out the gate with a product, you're like, holy crap, this is the best we've seen in terms of hardware by a manufacturer in a while. So that tells me that they're definitely trying to push the envelope a little bit. At the same time, we got to talk about the V-Purse because... You mean my latest fashion accessory? Correct. Because I feel like there is this whole Huawei Honor thing we need to talk about. Because until now, there's... There were always kind of a plausible deniability. They always kind of had a story. And then this V-Purse comes out and it is literally a Huawei Mate XS2 with a, a Honor brand on it, the LED flash being slightly shaped differently in the same physical location and a little, what is it called? Shoulder strap. Thank you, strap. So what do we make of that thing? It's a concept. Yeah, so the fact that they're calling it a concept, they made a point of saying, well, it's not the magic V-Purse, it's just the V-Purse, because their other devices have magic in the name, because that's their high-end brand, we're not putting magic in the name because it's only a concept. They're, they're trying to say this is a concept of what something could be done. So to, to the point of this looks very much similar to... Identical. But, so to that point. It looks identical to the Huawei foldable from two years ago. No, no, one year ago, the XS2. Yeah, but the XS2 looked exactly like XS1, the XS. XS1, which looked exactly like the X. Yeah, yeah so like <laughs> right. the... Let's three be, generations. Let's, three let's generations. be clear. The chipset on the inside is new. The design is four years old. Correct, yeah. Like, that but was, that was 2019. Thinner, they have made them thinner. It's thinner. Yeah, yeah. But to the point of it's only a concept and technically they could probably still get away with, oh, but we had this internally three years ago before, because, before right, we before had the we separation. It's yes. just the concept. And we had these concept prototypes that we were working on and we finally fully developed it because we, it was developed in conjunction with what Huawei was doing at the time before we split. They could totally make that argument. But everyone at that press conference said, 
oh, I have that phone at home already. Right. And I was sitting no, next. There was a gasp. I, I mean, really, I, we were just like, I was what? sitting next to Michael Josh and Michael Josh says, can I get that accessory for my Made X2? <laughs> and he's like, I can turn mine into a purse. This is great. I mean, like we were briefed, to be frank, a couple of weeks ahead on this. And I believe that I was with Ben Sin on the call. I was like, there was a lot of different briefings, but most of the people in my briefing were European and Asian media because of the time zone difference of the West Coast. It was only a few West Coasters like me and Benson were on it. Uh, I think everybody else got in the East Coast got briefed way earlier in the day in the middle of our night. And um, we both gasped. Like I side chant him like, dude, is that a, is that what you think? Is that, is that a Huawei made XS2 or XS or X? He's like, yeah. All right. So somebody who's not a journalist <laughs> and has no relationships reserve. This is just a company doing a really terrible job communicating. It's product. terrible, right? Well, it's it's it has nothing to do with product aside and relationship to Huawei aside. I don't think anybody in the marketplace cares about cares. that. Yeah. yeah, they don't. They no, don't no. know. This is they should never have briefed anybody on it. It should have been something that just appeared in the press conference. They, yeah. This is a concept. They don't say anything about it and you move on. Exactly. But what did they do? They spent. 20 minutes they did they spent most of the presentation talking on about it. it they had yeah. people they are doing a collaboration and with poorly with talking Red about frame it. time magazine which is like i don't know if that's exactly what it's called but with a collaboration with time magazine with their fashion section and they, they talked five minutes of the intersection of technology and fashion colliding to bring us new things in our world and this is the future and i'm sitting there physical oh fidgetal Fidgetal. That's it. Fidgetal. Fidgetal. Oh, and God. so my my number one takeaway from this, they, so you have these models come out on stage wearing this foldable phone as a purse with the display on the outside. And I'm just thinking, okay, so you're going to a restaurant and you go to the bar and you sit down at the table and you smack it on the side of the table and your $2,000 purse is broke. just broke because you were wearing it as a purse. Absolutely. And I think that's it speaks to why they said concept. concept. It, I, this is 100% vanity project. It yes. has nothing to do with... They want to say we're hip and cool. Right. And we we are in with the fashion industry because everyone wants to be. Let's be clear. Everyone wants to be in with the fashion industry. Motorola right. wants to be in with the fashion industry with their foldables. We we license the Pantone color of the well, year. Yeah. Like they're all trying to do this high fashion thing with these devices because they want them not to be techie devices. They want them to be an aspirational. Right. I want to look cool. I want this is it's the alternative to the everyone's like. What's the cool phone? It's the iPhone. Oh, but now it's foldables. Right? So to me, we're it's a we're, fashion statement, right? Well, it's it's more if you want to just get into the market opportunity. Margins in the luxury good business are amazing. Oh, you 100%. can you can make something that costs you know five single digit percentages of yep. what you are selling it for, maybe fractions of a single percentage potentially depending on the brand you can make a dior bag for 22 dollars and sell it for three thousand dollars exactly and so with smartphones especially on the foldable side i think when manufacturers are dealing with and that's why you saw samsung do that like what was it the tom york collaboration or whatever it's the same thing so they would love to be able to say all right you know we have this very expensive product you know the margins kind of suck you know especially by their standards at this point Mm -hmm. you know they spent all those years developing margins on bar phones and they're very good right now yeah Yeah. flip phones come along fold phones come along oh there win our margins how do we basically leapfrog this instead of having to wait another 10 years 
fashion brands are one way they could try to do that. I think it's a terrible <laughs> idea. I don't think any <laughs> consumer is fooled by this. Yeah. And I don't think anybody is going... Nobody, I mean, you may have some people who buy, like, designer phone cases, mm -hmm. like Kate Spade. But even then, you're talking about, like, a slice of the market that is not at that ultra. No one's paying $500 for a phone case. No. That's not a real thing. There's Maybe, people that pay $100 for a phone case. Exactly. And I think when you try to use, like, you know, brands like, uh, what were they using? Um, Burberry. Like, oh, Burberry, yeah. you know, you want a $5,000 jacket. Uh, okay. Like, nobody is going to look at a phone the same way they're going to look at that coat. It's not mm -hmm. an investment. A phone something you replace every two years, probably. Yeah. It's just not in the same product category. Well, I think it's interesting, though, like, you know, talking about cases for the phones versus the manufacturers and the margins that they have on them. There's so many accessory makers that make more money in the phone industry than the phone manufacturers themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Cases literally cost even pennies to make. Cases, like even Anchor. Yeah. I bet you. Like, but like even Anchor, Anchor has like their products are hefty. Their phone chargers and stuff and you have to ship them from China. But like you have a case that literally costs five cents to make on a mass production yeah. machine and you're selling it for $25. Right. Like those margins are insane. Right. Like, and you know this specifically because like you go to a carrier store. Right. <laughs> and you, you go to the carrier store and the sales rep doesn't get paid to sell you the phone. He gets paid for every accessory he buy. sells. Yeah. He gets a 50% bonus for every case he sold you. That's how much margin there is that even the retailers are paying these yeah. bonuses for. And so partner with your partner with like these high end to make cool cases for a phone but like don't make a phone the fashion accessory so make the add-on the fashion we accessory, need to move right? back to lg who was the first to do this with the product oh yeah the yeah. lg product yeah lg the innovative brand okay yeah. so my takeaway on this v versus for me it was like you know i i just feel like honor i understand does you know whatever the ties are if there are any left they they have they have to worry about the U.S. sanctions, right? That's the reality, right? So they can't come out and say, you know, whatever the reality might be. But I feel like they should at least say something like, hey, we share manufacturing, we share parts bins or something, because that's not, that's fine. Like, they have a third party that manufactures their phones for them, right? You could even say that we have subcontracted Huawei's software team to build our software. That might be harder for no, but, the U.S. government. To no, but you them. can you can have a subcontractor to work on stuff like that would totally be fine. Tell us the truth about what's going on, because Huawei says they are no longer using Android. We are using our own thing. But you put which side is Android. by side with but, Honor, actually, but, in the same menu items. The but same no, no, no. But then Huawei, Huawei so launches like a new feature, like their new PC connected feature of how the, you turn your phone into yeah, a PC. Yeah. Huawei announced this feature. A year after the separation, magically, it's on Honor phones. Like, wait a second. How do you have, and you're calling it your own thing, but it's the exact same thing. The development cycle of yeah. the software is the same. Just tell us you are licensing Huawei software to put on your phone. If I'm Honor in this position, saying nothing is my best strategy. Yeah. But Even then, engaging but then, in the conversation but here's the is thing. bad for but me. But here's the thing. But then we are having this conversation. We are having this conversation. And so we are bringing it up. If they, if they said this is what we're doing, we would say it one time and we would move on and never talk about it again. I don't know. I think putting it on paper, that, that creates awareness. Well, the, the plausible deniability thing. Right. The, the, the issue is... 
it's still in the conversation with us. Like they're not talking about it, but we are. Yeah. I think as a brand, you know, I, I now have some experience on the other side. And my thing is, if it's if it's something that's going to potentially be tang- like entangle you in any way, just don't yeah. talk about it. And I don't think that the conversation around this will be very enduring or create much consumer awareness. No, it's very much inside baseball. It's inside baseball, but it's it's interesting to me. Like on a personal level, I can say is that as I I kind of was willing to believe that there was some more separation than you know as they were saying the story they were weaving was accurate, but. In the last year, and especially with the V purse, I am no longer feeling that way. I am now it's, feeling like we're getting lied to, and as a journalist, it kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, a very sad story to tell you about Buick. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the the way they showed this phone on stage because that's another thing that you, as somebody who's been working in marketing for a while now, is it's the message. The the way the message came out was just. Uh-oh. Horrible. I was like, I was transported in a time machine to the year 2011 when Booth Babe still roamed the halls. Do you remember that Samsung? Was it the S3 or the S4? The terrible New York. Yes, Yes. the New York music. I wasn't even there for it, but I have trauma. I wasn't there, and I have trauma from covering it. it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely terrible. This was much worse than that from a standpoint of being offensive. Granted, much shorter at least. Uh, But you had a man on stage telling women this is the purse phone you're going to love me a man telling you what women should buy and then not having men models just women models exactly who were typical booth babe type models 100%. there was not a woman that was maybe a little bit you know rounder and a little more realistic looking and uh, the other thing is uh, none of the presentation they could have had somebody else come on stage maybe a woman come on stage or maybe another man even come on stage right. rather than just George the CEO just you know spewing his thing who, who with no, no tone well, right you could have had you could have had an executive from a fashion brand who's right. a male not a tech executive telling women yeah. about fat like there's so many layers of you could have parsed this a thousand different ways and as an executive from a tech technology company who builds smartphones talking about fashion at all and then talking about high women's fashion is a whole nother thing and it could have been handled to be fair they did have that three minute video clip about fashion experts talking about it which yeah but that was not enough that no. was not enough. <laughs> yeah, it was not enough. All right, let's move on to a Huawei product that was announced this past week and a half. Huawei Mate 60 Pro debuts with three punch holes in the front display. Uh, um, I can't look at the front of this phone, man. It's giving you tryptophobia? Yeah, uh, tryptophobia is a <laughs> real you know, guys, thing. For those of you watching on Patreon, I'm putting it up in front of you right now. It oh, is, yeah, it's kind of bizarre. It is very strange. The back um, of it looks like uh, the remote I have for my Vornado fan. It, uh, uh, the it, gives, of it, it gives me this kind of vibe. This, this curve has HTC vibes to me. It does actually a little right? bit. Like yeah. here, guys. I kind of like the faux like, marble okay. look. I, I'm not against it. So, it just has its very so distinct vibe. I just want to point out that Huawei still makes freaking awesome phones because if you look at the spec sheet on this thing, it is absolutely ridiculous. Well, especially, it's especially, a mate phone. It's supposed to be well, yeah, absolutely no, no, but, ridiculous. But but the camera system has a variable, completely variable aperture. It doesn't have just stepped aperture. It has a variable aperture between uh, f point. I was telling you that the other day, f one point four, f of a four point oh. 
And, uh, you know, it has... Though, to be fair, we've had phones with variable aperture, even though they've done step apertures. I have never not had it at its lowest aperture. Well, it depends what you're trying to shoot. If you want to shoot a person in front and there's other people in the back, you want everyone in focus, you're going to have to open the aperture. No. if I mean, close it. Take one step back and it's a smartphone. They're all going to be in focus anyways. I like options. This is good. They're all going to be in focus anyways. You're never going to blur out the All I'm saying is that this phone has some interesting things in the cameras as usual, and it seems like Huawei still knows what they're doing. The triple hole punch is weird, but it's got a time of flight, proper, you know, face ID thing in the... But here's the thing that Tell is... me it doesn't look like that, though. Oh, it totally Show does. me, show me, show me. Show the people... Oh, yeah. It's a remote control for, a, like, a floor fan. <laughs> floor yeah. fan. Okay. And they, they've, had, they've, they've reused this design a couple times, and some, some Honor phones have this design as well. True. Um, what I'm trying to figure out is the processor, because, okay, the rumor is... The it, rumor is that this is running a Karen a 9000S which is a variation on the Karen 9000 they did on the P30 or P40 Pro back okay. in the day. Yeah. And this is from a company that supposedly has, doesn't have the capability to make more chips. Well, and I'm sure they got some license. tape in a closet somewhere. Yeah, but it's an ARM <laughs> license with 12 cores. It's a different core count. Huh. So it's actually a complete redesign. It's not that they can it, use the 9000 that they might have in the closet. Hmm. So there's a lot of questions here, you know, and it's 4G only, although I'm sure there's they could flip on 5G on that thing. Because they had 5G on the Karen 9000. So I, we were talking about this the other day. There's these rumors going around that Huawei is buying a chipset manufacturer in China on That's the right. down low, like through shell companies huh. to make their own chipsets rather than light that rather than getting the Qualcomm chipsets. And I I forget the the original source of this. I think it was Bloomberg or something. Yeah, like I heard that. it too. And so still all unconfirmed because shell companies and whatever. So, but there's rumors that Huawei is making their own chipsets through a phantom factory that they shouldn't be owning and making Kirin chipsets again. Because until now, since the one six, they run out of the 9,000 stock that right. they really put on their best, best phones, even some phones for a while. Some markets had the Snapdragon 4G GIM chip and the Karen 9000 in China, and then they ran out of 9000s. And then since then, all their phones have had Snapdragon, the previous generation Snapdragon. So like right now it would be 8 Gen 1 or 8 Plus Gen 1 with 5G disabled. That's what they've been using on their mm. phones. And it's fine because there's a Snapdragon. We all know what to expect. There's no 5G, whatever. Like you really need that necessarily. Probably not, depending where you are living in the world. But it's interesting that, yeah, anyway. I like, I like the fact that they're still pushing the envelope. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Too bad we can't buy them. No. And too bad that every time I get one to play with somehow, and I put it side by side with the Honor, the, the OS, the icons, the menu, the order of the menu items, and the names of the menu items are identical, and you're like, what the F? <laughs> it's so bizarre. And then one has GMS and one doesn't, you know? Weird. Fairphone 5. Fairphone 5. That's another IFA thing. I stopped by their booth yesterday to watch the full teardown of How the phone. How was it? Um, How long? It took about five-ish minutes to go from wow. a fully assembled phone to a mostly disassembled phone. And did phone. they put it back together, and how long did it take? Uh, I didn't watch them put it back together. Oh, okay. I, would, I would imagine the same amount of time. Yeah. Uh, it's mainly time consumed with taking tiny screws out. Right. Yeah. But 
Um, for those who don't know, Fairphone is a small brand who's worried about sustainability. And if anything on your phone breaks, you can buy parts directly from you them. Uh, so you can, the back has a removable plastic panel. Yeah. Remember those The battery clips? is just removable. The battery is just removable. You remove the battery. Uh, you can remove the, uh, the speaker module at the bottom. And once you take that off, you can remove the USB-C port at the bottom as well. And then you have screws to take out uh, the display. You can take the display off and then you can remove the camera module. And each one of the cameras can then be separated yeah. from the camera module as well. So any of those pieces break, you can get one directly from them. They'll ship it to you. Uh, I think they're also working with third-party repair shops as well to have the pieces in stock that you can buy from them. Um, yeah, it's it's a great idea. This is version number five. Here's what I'm excited about on this phone. This is the first fair phone where I'm like, I could use this. Because in the past, they've been, they've always been pricier because you pay for mm -hmm. that, right? But they've also been kind of very mid-range. And now the specs are finally solid. This is a 6.4 inch, not huge, but OLED, but it's 1224 by 2700 pixels. So it's like that in that weird tweener that we're starting to see between Quad HD and uh, um, 1080p. There's a lot of phones with that now, like 1220-ish pixels. Um, and then it's got 90 hertz refresh. It's it's an AMOLED display up to 880 nits. So, so it's actually very competitive. The camera system is also pretty competitive with a 48 megapixel main sensor with OIS. Um, I love that the entire mid-frame is literally a mid-frame. Yeah. It's literally it aluminum yeah. right through it. The the where because the battery's not integral to the structure because it's not glued in, mm. it's a little beefier around the battery. Like you can see it, you can see it really well oh, yeah. here. That is not plastic. That is part of the aluminum frame. So it's a thicker, like a five millimeter thick, you know, hollow um structure around the battery to keep that strength so you don't bend the phone in half. Um, there's a lot of little details in here that are very well done. Sorry, it's a 50 megapixel sensor, the main one. I'm sure the uh, dads on Howard forums are blowing up the shortwave well, right now. Well, I believe yeah. that uh, didn't uh, didn't Zach at J-Rig everything take this apart already? I, this I think he might have, yeah. And you know what I really like? I like this triangular camera pod. I think it's sexy. Yeah, it looks... Eh. Com compared to previous Fairphones, it's the best looking Fairphone. It's best that's looking. Sure. That's, it's the that's first one with a hole punch instead of a teardrop notch, which is also kind of like a little more modern. Um, but, but it's still a solid mid-range phone. It's a mid-range. But like, what I'm saying, I could use it now. It yeah. has enough minimum, you know, acceptable specs for me. The, the nice thing is they promised 10 years of software updates. It's insane. Which is insane. But to be fair. Five years warranty. Five year warranty. But like to be fair, their previous one finally got the like end of life for software updates. That one had like eight years. They're like, it finally rolled out its last update. The Fairphone 1? I Yeah, I think it's Fairphone 1. But the last update was Android 10. Oh. We're on Android 13. So they're, they're not necessarily good about giving you the latest version of Android. Like they're still slow to get those updates out. So you're going to get 10 years of updates. So what? We're going to be coming out with... This is launching with Android 13, so it'll probably finish with like Android 20, not 23, right? So they'll just be they'll they'll take a little bit longer to get those right. up. They, they're not. But huge you know, volumes. I would never keep that phone that long. I'm just no, excited no, about the but, idea that you can repair it and yeah. it's somewhat more you know sustainable. Yeah. Um, 
Question for you, since you saw it being assembled or mm -hmm. disassembled, does it come with a screwdriver in the box? Comes with a screwdriver in the box. Oh wow, yeah. that is so cool. Yeah, it's a. You it's know who a else is doing that? Blue and black way. screwdriver uh, comes in the box. Nokia is making a phone that's completely uh, user serviceable. Interesting. Remember that at MWC? I, I can't remember which one it was. It was a big announcement. It was mm. cool. Not quite, I think, as modular as this, though, in the sense of like, you know. Fully apartable. It definitely seems to be a European market trend. Well, you I know, the think... European governments are a little aggro about that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for good reason. So the last couple of items are uh, PSAs for the audience. There is a now officially a, well, not I don't think it's official yet, but it's clear that the Google event will be happening on October 4th. So mark your calendars. And it's also official that the Apple event is happening on September 12th. So mark your calendar. Those two things happened this week. Um, and now we have dates and Techtober is officially Techtobering, even though it's September. September Tobering. Septobering. September. Tech September. We need to stop. There's no word for it. Oh man, we haven't come up with a word no, yet. No, but but do we need to come up with a word because it's every month? I kinda like Techtober being three months long. I mean, that's kind of where we're well, at. Well, there's usually nothing in December, so we're good. So at no, least, at least we have a... Do we have November? No. Well, MediaTek Media is Tech. happening, but it's just a chipset Qualcomm announcement. Qualcomm is going to announce their chips in October this time. They're announcing a couple weeks early. Because apparently the Chinese want to launch their flagships before the Chinese New Year. No, apparently the chipset is done early, and so they want to get it out there and get... Like, Qualcomm's had a rough year. Like all chips, everyone's had a rough year. What Smart, do you mean a rough year? Smartphone sales. This is the lowest smartphone sales in a decade. Um, they, they've sold fewer chips. And they think it, announcing a chip's going to make that any different. But <laughs> they can they can they can work. They can announce a chip and start shipping chips. And it helps this year's numbers for the stock market and get if they can yeah, get, no, I get it. Um, but get 10 million chips out the door, I was then it helps. I was talking to Rich Woods the other day, who's been on the podcast most recently for the Z Fold Z Flip. We did the Korea live podcast there with him. And he was telling me that, you know, Snapdragon 8 Gen 3 is a given, but that's not what the excitement is going to be. The excitement is going to be the Orion-based uh, PC mm. chipset that's going to be competitive with the M chips. That, okay. they, that they teased last, <laughs> that they teased last right. year. Yeah. yeah uh huh. Uh huh. Sure, they okay. will. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's yes, what they say. That's what they. Uh huh. If like, they can I actually have no do doubt it, that the benchmarks are going to match. But once you oh, actually right. use, of course, once you actually right. use a Windows PC with that, it's not going to even come close. Yeah, you, you know, know what, what I do my, on my Mac all day? Run benchmarks. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> you know what might actually work? A good Chromebook running on that. You know what might actually work? You're just buying a freaking MacBook yeah, with an M chip and call it a you day. Know, there's that might actually there's work. There's people like me who still just Premiere, want, right? Is want that what Windows. it is? You know, just switch to DaVinci. It's just, just my whole life I've been on <laughs> hey, Windows. Be nice, it's, okay? Exactly. You were on Android I, forever. I made a choice and I'm choosing Windows and... Choose life. Choose life. No, but like... Some people eat frozen pizza. I mean, yeah. it's not a good choice. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, I know, right? But it's it's one of those things. You make a choice. It might be good. It might be bad. You just got to live with it. And I'm living with it. <laughs> Sorry. I, mean, I know. But honestly, what's preventing you? You actually have like, I understand if you have software that prevents you from switching. I don't have software. It's just the use. I like the user experience exactly. of Windows better than user experience of Mac. That is fair. That, I mean, I don't. I don't understand. No, but fair. like. 
that's the beauty of a multi-platform world we live in. You can make a choice of what works better for you. So. Yeah, for sure. But look, let's see what happens. I, I do want, I mean, I honestly would love to see Microsoft and Qualcomm or Microsoft and MediaTek come out with a viable product that can come close to competing with Apple's in terms of performance and, and here's battery the thing. life. It, I'd love that because it, I'd love to have choices as well. The thing is they need Microsoft on Sage saying we've actually really worked for Windows on ARM to make it and they haven't actually they're not viable. committed to it. No, but like they need them on stage to say, actually, we're announcing this in conjunction with them. Like right. they, they need that to happen in order but for it to be a But they actually also need solution. to deliver because no, Microsoft's exactly. been saying that they're making oh, Windows Warm and then it sucks. We no, but that, that's sucks. what I'm saying. Like they need Microsoft on stage to say it and they actually need to deliver on it for act, for it to be viable in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Yeah. To so. me, the the Mac, the M competitive Windows PC is like the idea of a structurally stable Chipotle burrito. It's not <laughs> physically possible. <laughs> like, the, the, the physics just aren't there. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's hard for me now that Apple has a three year lead on this to just see how they can catch up. But here's we talk about that as people within the tech industry. We forget that Windows still has. 85% market share with laptop 85% market. market share of people who are miserable because their battery life but, sucks. But but it's still 85% market share. So like how much of that is, you know, that's organization. But it's still yeah. 85% market share. Like yeah. people are taking their work laptop home, they're using it for personal use. It it's still they are the dominant player within the space and there's not Apple still has not been able to disrupt them in any viable way from a user experience standpoint and performance standpoint. Totally. Apple kills it every single day, but people still walk in and they see 14 options versus two options. And whenever you have those 14 options and the prices are a quarter of what Apple is doing, they're still like, I want a laptop. I can buy one for $400 so versus $1,400 and they'll buy the one for my $400. My thing this is it's not, but Windows isn't competing with Mac. They're competing with an iPad at that point. And so then the numbers are totally But then different. Windows Windows versus iPad, I the iPad is a horrible laptop experience. 100%. But guess what? People, that's what you see everywhere. No, but to be fair, yes, Apple wins the tablet conversation hands down, but people are still buying laptops. I guess my, my point is that laptops as a consumer product actually seem to be uh, and are it's declining. diminishing They're, oh completely and completely. tablets are the form factor that's replaced them and Apple utterly owns yeah. the market and yeah. so it's not that the iPad itself is doing great on sales either that's also seems to be sliding they've had one of their worst years yeah for a while absolutely in and in fact it seems consumers in general are souring well on I think the consumers in general screen. are souring towards the large form right. factor and you can do more with your mobile device. You Do I need a laptop? Yep, exactly. Like, I think that's more the question. Do I actually need this device yes. in my life? For us, we do, like for the work we do, but a lot, well, you see people within the tech industry that travel with an iPad and they yeah. have a Harry Bluetooth McCracken's keyboard been using an iPad and they're editing video. Years. Yeah. They're editing video on an iPad yeah. coming to trade shows. And I look at them and I'm like, wow, do I want to do, like there's still compromises that go along with that, right? Yeah. Oh, huge ones. But you can do the work. Yeah. And so it becomes, am I willing to make those trade-offs and compromises to get slightly better battery life or just that different user experience where it's not a full laptop that's a one-trick pony type thing? But who knows? I'm also hoping MediaTek gets into this somehow because then we have choices. I mean, on that, and Windows has always been about choice. Well, so MediaTek's in it, like they... 
The Chrome the, stuff. The Chrome No, MediaTek has the largest. They power the Lenovo 13-inch tablet with the 9200. Well, that thing is massive. But and I'm talking that's, about so getting a, into an M-competitive chipset, oh. right? Like literally. Well, I mean, like, yeah, that, that's an Android version yeah. of whatever. I'm talking about like running Windows. Windows. Six, ARM 64 or whatever. Well, we'll see how it goes. We'll I'm, how it I'm, goes. All I know is that I'm... I want to give, I'm excited about this Orion chipset simply because I want to see yeah. what it looks like and where they can go with it. And it's not going to change the fact that I'm going to be on M something MacBook for the next five years at this point, pretty much. Unless something radical happens, right? Yeah. Nothing radical is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, do you guys want to tell where you, you know, where they can find your stuff? Nick, do you want to start? Yeah, if you find me personally at, at Nick M. Gray uh, on Instagram, X. Even though I'm not really there, Twitter, Twitter, that, that thing is X. X, or find my work on Fandroid.com, YouTube as well, and Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Dave, where can folks find you? Um, I'm on Threads and Instagram as David Does Fuji, um, and uh, yeah, if you find me on X, I'm not I didn't do anything there anymore. Are you anywhere else that we should look like? Any kind of LinkedIn.com. Ooh. <laughs> and folks, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tank Girl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L. Just like the comic book character Tank Girl. Just drop the vowels and you get my Twitter handle, X handle, whatever. My Facebook, my Instagram, my Blue Sky, and my threads. And of course, if you want to listen to the podcast, mobiletechpodcast.com is URL. We're on all the major platforms, Google, Apple, oh, everywhere. Spotify. Pocket Cast. So please subscribe and tell your friends about the show. And if you want to watch uh, videos, there's a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast with some videos. There's also, of course, my Instagram for photos of phones and cars and travel and stuff. So subscribe to all the things. And uh, more importantly, try to help me out with Patreon. If you want to contribute financially to the show to make me help me do it every week, uh, patreon.com slash tankerl. That's patreon.com slash tnkgrl. There is a video version of the podcast for those who want to watch it us on video brandishing phones and and kind of you know it's a bit more personal so check it out we also include bloopers and edits sometimes so it's kind of fun but uh check out patreon.com slash tnkgrl see if you can support me there there's a bunch of other tiers and options you can check out there as well and if you want to help in another way there is a paypal link in the show notes you can click through and give me like a five dollar coffee or something uh finally i want to thank our sponsor mint mobile you know I review a lot of phones, so I'm constantly juggling multiple devices. While that's fun, it also means I'm spending a lot of money for wireless service on multiple SIMs. Thankfully, there's Mint Mobile, and that's who I'm teaming up with for today's podcast. If you want to save money on your wireless service, switch to Mint Mobile. You've probably seen the Mint Mobile ads featuring Ryan Reynolds, but let me quickly tell you how fantastic their service is, especially for tech-savvy early adopters like us. Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for as low as $15 a month, and you don't have to sacrifice any coverage, speed, or data. They're built on the nation's largest 5G network. They keep costs low because they sell direct to you online. They cut out the retail stores and salespeople. Why should you pay more than you have to for access to the same network? In my experience testing phones, Mint Mobile delivers the same data speeds and call quality as the big three for a fraction of the cost. 
Switching to Mint is super easy. Thanks to their eSIMs, you can sign up and activate immediately right on your phone from the comfort of your home. No more standing around waiting in line at a big wireless store. You can keep your current devices and phone number and easily switch services. And if your phone isn't eSIM compatible, Mint will ship you a new SIM card free of charge. The whole process only takes 15 minutes, and if you get stuck, Mint has a great customer service team to get you through it. All Mint Mobile plans include unlimited nationwide talk and text, plus lightning fast 5G and free mobile hotspot. Mint will show you how much data you use each month and recommend plans that save you money. Mint also offers a modern family plan that lets you set up a super affordable family plan with as little as two lines. Use my link mintmobile.com slash mobiletech to get premium wireless starting at $15 a month. Stop paying more than you need on your wireless bill and start saving big with Mint Mobile. And I want to thank you, Nick and Dave, for being my guests this week here in Berlin at IFA. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We'll have you both on the show at some point in the future. And folks, you know we'll have another show next week. So please stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.